you're going to have conflicts you're going to have crazy uh, meetings you have to remember why you started this madness and like say okay these are our options this is what i'm going to do and this is by our way forward and that includes a bit of patience hello and welcome to solving for x this is where we explore the art of organizing tedx events i'm your host jay harati and today we are talking about team building with Safra Anver. She's the organizer of TEDx Colombo in Sri Lanka. I'd like to first acknowledge that we recorded this episode two weeks before the bombings that took place in Sri Lanka over the Easter weekend. These attacks, as you may know, killed hundreds of people and shocked not only the nation, but also the world. We reached out to Safra to ask about the safety of her family, the TEDx Colombo team, as well as her community of speakers and attendees. In her response, one sentence stood out to me that I'd like to share with you, and I quote, It is definitely difficult to fathom, but we will rebuild just like we always do. Sri Lankans have gone through so much already that resilience is what we know. End quote. And so in this spirit of resilience, let's listen in as Safra and I talk about team building and the work that they've done over the last decade to build community in the nation's capital, Colombo. Safra, welcome to Solving for X. Thank you. You're in, in, in your home in Colombo? Yes. All right. It's a beautiful Sri Lanka, which is now pretty much an oven because of the heat, but otherwise good. <laughs> this is, what, what season is this for you? So this is basically peak of summer. Peak of summer. Okay, so it must be hot yeah. and humid. And you get tropical yes. rains as well? Uh, so that happens at the beginning of next month. Okay. Where yeah. it's just rain overload. <laughs> All right. So it's like well, a two extreme. It sounds like a good time for you to get in a room and talk to us. So I'm talking to <laughs> yes. you from, uh, from New York and we're sitting here in the TED office uh, in New York City. Uh, it's wonderful to see you when, when you just got on the call, you said, Jay, it's been a while and I'm trying to remember where and when was the last time we saw each other face to face? So it was actually the last TED Summit uh, oh, wow. in Canada. Oh, okay. That's where we met each other last. All right. So that has been a while. I know it's been almost three years because we have another TED Summit coming yeah. up very soon. So today we're going to talk about how to manage and energize and train and sustain your team uh, but let's get started with a bit of context tell us a little bit about TEDx Colombo how you became a licensee and a little bit of your history as an organizer sure um, so TEDx Colombo was formed in 2010 uh, we basically uh, started off as a ragtime team uh, I was in the licensee at the beginning it was actually my niece who was just 14 at the time uh, and then we did our first event with the greatest difficulty because nobody had any idea about what TED was or <laughs> TEDx was or it was pretty much like here's something you completely don't understand but it's amazing so believe us. <laughs> uh, and then from there we just grew from a hundred people event to 500 to 900 and now we are 1100 people. Uh, along with that, uh, which actually Will convinced us to try out TEDx Youth. And now we've started TEDx Youth at Colombo, as well as TEDx Colombo Live, and we're trying out the other licenses as well. So it's now we've gone beyond just the TEDx Colombo event as well. 
You've built a very, very strong and substantial community, uh, major event, incredible auditorium, as you just described, multiple events throughout the year. And what's unique about, well, there are many things that are unique about you, but you've done it in a place like Sri Lanka, where people wouldn't think, as you said, nobody knew what TEDx was or TED, and you just told them it's amazing, believe me. But you've built it in a place that is generally considered to be a tough place to build. We're really curious uh, to talk to you today and hear about how you did it. So let's talk about when you recruit a team. Um, describe your team kind of in general terms. Sure. Uh, so we have one team, which is the main steering committee of 10 people. They handle different aspects of the event. So sponsors, logistics, uh, event direction, production, uh, the IT aspects of things, including video. Uh, we also have a logistic team, which handles basically from the printing to uh, the food to all those aspects all in one. So one month prior to the event, we actually recruit 70, depending on the scale of the event. Uh, so last year we had 75 volunteers who came in one month, just one month prior. So those guys basically do all the last moment, running around and all of that, plus they handle the day of the event. So the main steering committee will be given, uh, depending on the requirements, uh, a portion of those volunteers under them. So they overlook all of that. But even under the volunteers, we have, a, we have like the seniors and the, the newbies. So your team primarily consists of the steering committee. That's your yes. year-round team with 10 people. Yes. Each one brings a unique set of expertise and a set of responsibilities. They do the planning, mm -hmm. uh, I guess primarily yeah. the strategies, the planning, the dreaming, etc. Yes. And then one month before the event, suddenly the team balloons. And for four weeks, you have another 75 people who then kind of help you with the lead up to the event and the execution of the event. When do you dismantle that big group of volunteers? Uh, so they dismantle at the end of the event, but we do bring them back. So we have like a team barbecue uh, about one month after the event. So they come back and they reflect on the experience and all of that. And we also have good meat and grill. So okay. it's kind of a fun way of letting it go as well. Okay, that's uh, that sounds nice. And then yeah. you said that within that team yeah. of volunteer, you have two levels, people who are senior. Describe that. Uh, so seniors are basically people who have been volunteering for a previous event. Uh, so some of them have volunteered for over four or five events. Uh, some of them have just been the previous year. So then they know exactly how the TEDx event runs. So they guide the people who have just come into the team. Okay, so let's, we're going to talk about both teams. But let's start with the steering committee team because it sounds like that's yeah. a group that you really rely on. How is that team? How did you build it? What did you do? And how do you keep that team high quality and energized and sustainable? Sure. Um, so at the beginning, what we did was we were just a group of friends. Uh, and then what happened was we realized that, uh, so at that point in time, all of us were going into university and things like that. So at in around 2014, we realized that our the requirements were much larger because our event became larger. 
and then we had an open call out recruitment saying hey we pulled out a form online where they actually had to tell us what is ted or is tedx uh, what is your favorite talk why are you so interested what are your skills and we basically put it out to the whole country to apply and then we actually got them to a room and then spoke to them to figure out like what's their skills and then they were recruited onto the main team okay yeah. so when is the first time the steering team is going to meet and start thinking about that event let's just take last year so we actually met in january we we put out a call out for speakers and all the process happens in january we review them and we finalize on speakers between march and may and then from june onwards we start speaker training so june july till the end of the event so pretty much it's a 9 8 to 9 month episode uh when you come together and everybody starts dreaming about the next event 10 people come in i'm mm. sure each person says i want this i want this i want this tell us what happens yeah. and then how do you you you're you're the boss right you're you're the ultimate yeah. organizer so how do you resolve conflict do you go i am the boss so i decide or do you try to solve it in another way yeah. what's your style and how does it work out uh i don't think if i did i'm the boss they'll be like no <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh but um, for well first uh, describe the process of everybody's wishes and maybe give um, us like a real so example. So basically we would sit uh, at a table all of us together. So one person will head the meeting. Uh so normally I would let the co-organizer do it so that I can control the madness. Uh so he would head the meeting and go through the agenda and be like, "Okay, look, we're looking at we have like a set thing like we have to first figure out the theme we have to figure out the speakers and then we have like then it's an open conversation and then at the end of that conversation it'll be me asking okay we've discussed all of these crazy ideas we need to settle on something that's good and then automatically they start thinking okay this is impractical this is practical this can be done and they finally like settle on something until they they finally go oh that's the one we want and most night i don't know if it's just my team or what but most of the time they actually come to a consensus where they're like yeah that's the thing we want to do now let's talk about recruiting that team so now you need 75 people uh to come in uh what's what do you look for when you bring in volunteers and how do you filter them for fit uh so that's a very crazy process it actually takes 2 to 3 days because we get about 190 to 240 applications every year um so we actually read every single entry and the first part is arbitrary like if you haven't filled it then you're not out if you have given like ridiculous answers you're out um and then it moves into like what are the expertise we need for that year and then we allocate because we actually ask them according to the uh, requirements so that then you you start going with the preferential order of putting them together and then we with great difficulty we shortlist back down to 75 and once the folks are in do you assign them to the project that they express an interest in or do you give them you so, tell them to do what you need them to do so what we do is one month prior to the event we get them all together all 75 of them uh and then they actually sit down the team actually presents what 
they are in charge of. So, for example, the production person will explain the production. The IT will explain like the registration system, what are the IT processes, and so on. After that, we actually tell them, okay, these are the fields that we are interested in. This is the quota per team. Uh, if it's going on a first hand, first come, first serve basis. Please tell us who's interested and they actually come in and write down on a sheet these are the themes you're interested in and then if the teams are filled then we put them in as buffers for the rest of it okay so what is your model for training those new volunteers so what we do is when we have the event we it starts with the workshop where we explain all the procedures and how it's going to happen then the day before the event while it's setting up they actually come in in the morning and help us with the setup as well so the whole 75 of them and then we actually go through every aspect during the setup time so they know what's going to be where what's going to happen when how is it going to happen we send them the agendas and all of that completely in advance and it's very detailed for example you'll say 508 door opens 509 first right. speaker comes on stage 5010 whatever and then and even on the day of the event just in the morning while they're having breakfast we actually have a briefing as well so then if they have any questions and all of that that's answered but during the event itself if there are any problems one core steering committee member is in charge of each area so they know that they can always go talk to that person if there's anything required so now the event was gone it's successful you have your steering team of 10 experts and you need to keep them engaged for about six months so hopefully they show up uh, for the next one but what, what happens with the with that team after the event so basically after that about two to three weeks after we all meet up and we as a team criticize ourselves where we say what uh, what went well what went badly uh, what we need to change and also uh, this is actually about the time where the feedback comes in from ted so we take that and we look at what the feedback was and then uh, as a personal standpoint what we felt could change and then apart from that we just we actually don't do anything tedx we maybe meet for coffee or things like that or each other's events if we're doing anything uh until we start again in january right you give yourself a little refresher but you stay in nice contact take me into that room uh when you said you get the feedback from ted what you were referring to is that you send an audience uh, feedback survey what did you guys find in the report that you discuss what were some of the highlights but what were some of the tougher moments how did you address them as a team overall what we do is we actually try and take the feedback we get from that survey and put it into the next event so for example there were once we had an issue where they said we don't like the fact that the food is all put together we want it all separately over a space over a period of space so then we actually started moving things around in the next year and the next year someone who attended the previous year was like you know what you guys did an amazing job it was so easy this year because it wasn't crowded and it was a nice experience so that was good there were sometimes like things on registration so we actually try as much as we can to put the feedback we get of the previous year into the new one. So it sounds like to us too, when we do events, it's always uh, almost an art by itself to know how to read feedback. Why, um, it's wonderful to have you do this for 10 years. Before we got started, you and I played a little game where we we were just warming up our voices and and the little question that came out of a little basket of, of silly question was, 
what's the silliest thing you've ever done uh, to be emotionally attached to something for so long? And the joke was like, oh my God, TEDx, I've been doing it for so long and I can't stop it. Um, what, yeah. is, what kept you here and what does it give you? Why are you doing this for 10 years? Um, so basically, uh, at the beginning, I didn't really know the value of it. But I think as we went on and we started getting really good speakers on our stage, we realized that they can do way more with this platform than we ever imagined. For example, we've had speakers who've introduced budgets into government. We've had people who predicted things like we had a dump yard in Mithodomula and it crashed to the ground. Uh, and he predicted that on TEDx three months before. <laughs> we have one speaker who pretty much tells me, you created a monster merely because if, since her TED talk, she's had five speaker sessions every week since 2016. So it's it's really crazy how what what can happen. And I think that's what keeps us going as well as the team because the team has gelled so well together, and we're more friends over team now that uh, it doesn't really feel like work really. Oh, that's nice. So so. It sounds like, I mean, for like you, like like many organizers, you're building an incredible network yeah. of personal and professional friends who are really interesting yes. to talk to. And it's nice yes. to see that it, it keeps feeding you and nurturing you. How do you think about moving forward? Like, um, like I, you know, it's funny because I, I'm celebrating five years at TED. And uh, as mm -hmm. passionate as you are about TEDx, I am passionate also from the other side about the TEDx program mm -hmm. that I helped to, to, uh, to run. And so people ask me, how long are yeah. you going to be here? You've been here five years. And I'm like, I'm going to be here forever, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> the reality is I'm probably not. We uh, just so. by virtue of <laughs> growing older, I can't be here forever. But do you think like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this until I get bored and, uh, and I'm not even thinking about succession until... I'm starting to feel the itch or do you think about succession planning? How, how, do, how does it even, does it even cross your mind? So with, with TEDx, we do keep succession in mind, which is why I have co-organizers for each of the licenses and they're all different. Um, so that if uh, for any reason that we, if it comes a time where that happens, that there will be someone who knows their stuff who will continue it. Um, the one problem that we do have is because of the fact that going to TED is expensive, that we will not be able to, like spending to send someone to TED is like crazy. So then the license will be brought down to 100. So that's a problem that we have in terms of succession. Yeah. But apart from that, the team is fully trained. So like even if I'm there or not, they can do it. Right. And so then the only solve problem yeah. you then have to solve is you got to get somebody to a TED event. Any yeah. essential piece of information that you'd want to get across to the TEDx community before we wrap up? Um, have a lot of patience. You're going to have conflicts. You're going to have crazy uh, meetings. You're going to have uh, sponsors that suddenly say, no, I can't give you the money because for whatever reason. And then you, you have to, you have to remember why you started this madness and like say, okay, these are our options. This is what I'm going to do. And this is by our way forward. And that includes a bit of patience. I think that would be it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Safra, we love having you. You've been an inspiration to many of us. It's been uh, wonderful Thank to you. see you. And I haven't seen you uh, in a long, long time. Um, yes. When am I going to see you next? Uh, when, uh, 
Like we just talked about how you expensive can, it you is. You can always blue jeans me anytime. <laughs> okay. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Safra. And if you'd like to continue the conversation about team building, join us online on the TEDx Hub. There, we encourage you to post insights about your team's own process for building and sustaining teams. And thank you for listening to Solving for X.